Welcome to Peacefully Profitable. This podcast was created for ambitious people looking to discover their passion and turn it into profit, a productively balanced life, and sustained peace. Join us as we walk this walk together. And now your host, productivity coach and corporate wellness consultant, Shamika Lemon. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Peacefully Profitable Podcast. As always, I'm delighted that you've chosen to be a part of this journey with me as I share valuable tips and strategies with you about everyday life, money, time management, entrepreneurship, and more. As you know, I love having guests on who will openly share their experiences about all the things I've mentioned because oftentimes they are things we fail to acknowledge in our life, right? But a little reminder from someone who may share that same thing as us is always a good thing. So with that in mind, I want to get right into the guests that I'll have on today's episode. I'm truly honored to introduce the founder and creator of the amazing Finance Bar, that is Marsha Barnes. So she shared tips from paying off your student loans to giving insight on shared debt with your partner and a ton more. But before we get into our discussion, I do want to share a little bit more about her just in case you don't know who I'm referring to. So Marsha's personal finance expertise and zest for financial awareness has allowed her to share and partner with numerous media outlets and brands on and offline, um, including Forbes, NPR, Essence, uh, Own, Ayanla Fix My Life, uh, The Tom Joyner Morning Show, Black Enterprise, uh, State Farm, Northwestern Mutual, Experian, Progressive, and many, many more. So Marsha is certified in financial social work as a financial edu- educator and certified credit report reviewer. As a lover of all things finance, Marsha is a forever learner in the personal finance space and firmly believes in supplying her clients most basic needs while journeying with them to map out their long-term desires. Marsha has been named as a female tech leader in the finance industry. So I'm truly excited to share you know, our, our discussion with you, our session, the things that we talked about. Just in talking with her in that short period of time that I was able to do so, I just, I I felt the passion that she has. So you can always tell when someone is truly walking in their their calling and their purpose. And I can say without a doubt that this is exactly what Marsha is here to do, uh, to help, you know, some of us out or to help most of us out when it comes to, you know, financial literacy and those types of things. So uh, you're in for a treat. If this is something that you do want to learn more about, Marcia, stay tuned. Podcast, so welcome. Let's get right to it. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, Marsha, why don't you just uh, tell us just a little bit? You know, give us a brief overview uh, of who you are. You know, what it is that you do, and how you got started. So sure. So you, as you mentioned, my name is Marsha Barnes. I am based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, how I got started, um, I'll have to say that I've been in the finance industry over 17 years. So from banking uh, to leadership roles with the bank to my last job before, you know, launching my business and working here full time, um, I was a corporate trainer. So that's really how I got started in the finance industry. But then if you carry that on to the finance bar, uh, the finance bar is 
for those that are not aware, is a mobile hub. So I had a bus transformed out to be a mobile office where I could go to speak with students on college campuses, different organizations, corporations that could speak to their employees about personal finance because I felt like the topic needed to be had. But then in in addition to the mobile hub, I also run a coaching suite um, where I'm able to meet more intimately with people um, you know, on their finance issues. And that could be singles, that could be couples, um, all of those things. And one of my real reasons for getting into this and walking away from what I was doing before is I felt like there was this huge gap. So you either, you know, had a certain level of money or a certain level of wealth, um, or you had people that were below that. I didn't feel like there was a place where people that were kind of in the middle, like there was nowhere for them to go to talk to people about finance, like financial advisors are everywhere in Charlotte, you know, but if you don't have a, you know, a certain level of assets or money to invest in, then you don't have that place to go to. But what about all these people that are working hard every single day, but they are still living paycheck to paycheck. They can't figure out why. And they want to be in the group of being able to make their money grow for them. So I felt like that was missing. Um, You know, there were tons of things online. There are blogs, there's podcasts, there's all of this stuff. But there weren't many people that were willing to meet people face to face to have these conversations. And then that's just where I planted myself. And here's where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you there. Like I know um, just as when I was a college student, like the financial advisors, they they always found their way. Uh, like on college campuses. But as you stated, like if you don't have like the proper amount of funds to truly work with like certain financial advisors, then you're really still stuck, you know, in in the same place uh, as before even meeting with a financial advisor. So I I totally agree there and Mm -hmm. I get that. Um, And I also wondered, like, what do you think about, um, do you think that like how people are uh, brought up and, and, and the lack thereof of teachings of financial, you know, stability it plays a role in that? Or is it just, you know, um, that there's just not enough people teaching this to um, certain people on that level? I think it's both. I think you're right on both levels. I think it's, it's definitely a part of our upbringing because, you know, if we weren't taught when we were young, you know, big, young, little people become big people. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't taught as a young person, then what you saw your parents do or whoever may, may have raised you, then a lot of times you come up and you have those same habits. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's really not because you just want to be that way. I don't know anyone that wants to live paycheck to paycheck or they choose to be in debt. But we don't know what we don't know. Right. And to answer your question, yes, I do think there's just not enough people teaching on a level of, um, as I mentioned, like going in, having these conversations because it can be taxing. You know, if you're listening to someone all day long talking about their financial issues or challenging, it could be a way, you know, it could it could weigh on you intensely. So no, there's not enough people because on a level, as you mentioned, when you're in college and you have financial advisors there, the goal is to help you grow your assets and then for them to also make a certain level of money. And there's not a problem with that because I think advisors are a huge need. But finances, just like education, it's one and the same. You start from an elementary level and then you work your way up. Like you don't if you don't if you're not aware of what the personal finance game is or how to work, make money work for you. It's very hard for you to then build wealth because you simply don't know how to navigate this world. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, you know, most of the time when we're looking at financial, you know, 
financial advisors or people who are talking about finances online, we know that everyone has a story. So there's a reason why you chose this, you know, why this uh, became your purpose. Um, do you, you know, feel free to sh like share your story. Was there, what was your aha moment or that light bulb moment where you said, listen, no, I can, you know, this can't continue to happen. Yeah. So there were several like working, you know, working in banking. And I felt like I had made it to a certain level in my career that I was proud of. And quite honestly, sometimes I can't believe that I walked away from it. Like I, I could hear the conversations myself, like on breaks or lunch breaks, where people were constantly on the phone, not even enjoying their lunch break. They're on the phone trying to make an arrangement with a, with a bill collector, yeah. you know, or trying to pay bills on their break. Like that was one thing. And it wasn't, this is not like a one-time issue that I saw. I, I would see it online. Like I would hear people like hashtag the struggle is real. Mm -hmm. I would always hear that. Number two, both of my parents were laid off from their jobs. One was laid off one year, a few months later, the other, the other one was laid off. And they did all the right things with their money. Like they didn't make a lot of money. They just did the right things with the money that they had. So that was number two, that these are people that had been at their jobs for over 20 plus years and just had the rug pulled from up under them. So I said, if that can happen to them, it can happen to anybody. This is when everything was happening, like 2008, 2010 timeframe, and also happened to my best friend who had put so much into the job that she was at, so much of her career or her life was planted, planted into her job, and she was also laid off. So all of those experiences helped shape me to understand why this conversation needed, needed to be had. And then for me personally, when my husband was overseas, he was overseas for 18 months. And I would always say to myself, like, what would, you know, what would happen to us financially? We have a son. What would happen to us financially if he didn't make it back? Hmm. Like, what if he never made it back? What if I would never see him again? Like, what does that do for me, you know, as a woman? What should I have together? And not just money. You know, a lot of times it goes further than that. It's not being prepared with things that we need to have that are associated with money. Power of attorneys, wheels, yeah. all of this stuff that we never think about, the right insurance plans. So all of that shaped me into knowing that we must have these conversations and that we have to do something about it. And we have to do it quick because if you listen to the news, um, Shamika, what you really hear is unemployment rates, uh, the economy of the debt. But what you rarely hear on a consistent basis, year from year or even monthly, is like, how do we do this? You only hear these things a lot of times at the beginning of the year. It's like New Year resolutions, you know, New Year, new money. What will I do better? Or, you know, during the holidays, how to budget for the holidays. Yeah. And then that's it. And then the conversations end for the rest of the year. And that's just not a sound way for us to be consistent to make process um, in this world. I just don't believe that's the case. It's a constant every single day. Talk about it. Figure it out. Understand things that you can do just to make it better for your financial situation for you and your family. Mm. I so agree with that. Wow. So powerful. Um, now let's just break away from that real quick because I have to talk about this here, uh, mobile hub, this beautiful beauty here. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk about it. I have to. So first of all, um, for me, you know, I've never seen anything like it. Right. So mm -hmm. when I, you know, was on your website and I was looking at the pictures of the inside and like, it, it's just amazing. And not only is it amazing, but like what you're doing, you know, while you're in there, like all of the, just like as a whole, everything together, like you're, you're, you're changing lives, you're making people's lives better. And, um, it's just, 
an amazing thing. Like I said before, something I've never seen before. So how did you really, this must have been (laughs) something, you know, hard to create. Like, how did you, you know, come together and finalize like how you wanted things to look for your mobile hub? You know, I didn't, Shamika. I knew that I needed to have a place where people could sit, where I could teach, where there needed to be some level of tables uh, so people could write. And luckily, one of my sorority sisters, she is um, an interior designer, but she's a little bit more than an interior designer because, you know, she she does more architectural work. So I knew that she would be the person that could make sure all, all of the measurements were on point. You know how I wanted it to look. I wanted to feel where it didn't feel stuffy and that it was a place that was well put together that people could appreciate, mm. you know, that people would want to come to and not think of this as you know, I'm coming to talk to somebody about finances, but I'm coming to a place to just own what's going on with me. And this young lady, Marsha, she's going to help me figure this thing out. So if you notice on the picture, Shamika, it just, I think it just gives a very calming feeling. It gives a welcoming feeling. And I call it like my playhouse. And I wanted anyone that came in it to just feel like they were at this fun place where they could just let down, take all the weight off their shoulders, and I could just meet them where they are on their financial journey. And that's what I say all the time. That's just part of me having a mobile hub is to go into places, not where people can just afford me to come to, Shamika, but what about women that are in shelters with their kids? That many of them, the only reason they are there is they were one paycheck away from being on, you know, on the streets. Mm. And, and that's where they are. It's people right now, Shamika, working in jobs that earn great income that are in that position, right. which is why I say all the time, it's this is so important because it could be them today. It could be you tomorrow. Mm. One layoff and someone could be on the street if they don't have somewhere to go to. Like that is our life. And that's what I want many people to know that part of my creation of the bus was to make it a place that was welcoming because a lot of the people that I talked to, this is not because they did the wrong stuff with their money. It's just because they fell on hard times and they didn't have another option. Mm -hmm. So now they're in shelters. So the bus allows me, to your point, to also go to those places and say, look, the sun will shine again. This is a place where you can come and I can help you get back on your feet. But here are the lessons that you need to take with you the next time around. So that's part of the creation, why it looks the way that it looks. It's just so I can have a place where everybody could come and they could enjoy it. Mm, I love it. And I actually, I hear the passion in your voice like right now. So if I didn't know that you were passionate before, you know, just from looking at your your um, your pictures and the mobile hub and all of that, I, I certainly know it now. And um, also want to add that I know you do a lot of, of, of free events and, and free, you have free services as well that you offer people. And so that's another way that I know you're truly passionate about what you do and you're walking in your purpose. It's not just, you know, something else to do, another way to make money, uh, that type of thing. So I can tell that that's not what it is for you. And so, you know, we I know that the the, the people that you've worked with truly appreciate it. I mean, I appreciate it. But it's just it's amazing to see someone truly following, you know, their purpose and be so passionate about it. I appreciate that. Schmick. It really is my passion because I think for so long we weren't taught. And a lot of the reasons why we weren't taught and we weren't educated on this. Uh, Shamika is because one, it's like money. Like, can I go talk to a financial advisor? And you immediately think, no, I can't mm-hmm. because I can't afford that. So then what do you do? Do I go read a book? Do I go read you know, blog posts? Do I listen to podcasts? How do I get there? 
And I have all of those things, you know, minus the book. But I think when you can hear someone's story, though, Shamika, when you can hear their stories, you can meet with them face to face. It puts a le- another level of responsibility on you. So I think that anybody that I work for, I am now fully responsible for helping them get to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a lot of this is beyond uh, what things look like to me because I truly hear those stories and I implant myself into these people's lives. Like, what if it was, you know, what if it was me? So this is much more than just a job to me. I truly am trying to help people change their lives. Like what fun is it to go to work every single day, not have anything to show for it, not have anything to give to your kids, always have to have, you know, it's either the light deal or my family vacation. It's either, you know, saving money or paying debt. That's no fun, Shamika, and I don't, I don't, I think it's unfair. So it is my responsibility now that I have heard these stories and to your point for free events and things that I do, that's why I'm doing them because I never want people to think, hey, I can't go because, you know, I can't afford it, even at a lower price, because then that, that takes away from what, why I started this, mm-hmm. not the what, but it then takes away from the very reason why I created this space. And I just don't want to be that person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had um, a few questions come in. So I just want to touch on like a few things and, you know, just basically get, you know, some insight from you on what a person might be able to do in in certain situations. So um, the first one was obviously student loans. So we have questions for days about, um, you know, these student loans that just build up and, you know, you've graduated and you're not working in your field, not making enough money to, to really you know, pay back these student loans quick enough or the, or uh, in the time frame that they're supposed to be paid back. So deferral after deferral, you know, um, mm-hmm. the things that, that we do to keep up with these student loans. So uh, what is your take, number one, on student loans and what type of advice do you have for someone who may be struggling in that area? So the advice that I have on student loans, uh, Shamika, and I've had this thought for a very long time, for a couple of years, and I often ask myself, like, why do you think that? Because people just cannot stand student loans. But you know the reason why we can't stand student loans, Shamika? The reason why we often can't uh, get a hold of why we have to pay these things back is because when we're in school, we are only thinking about being in school and graduating. Student loans, we know that we have them, and we also know that we can get, as you said, forbearances, deferments, all that good stuff. So then we leave school, Shamika, and we go get a job, and we're like, okay, well, I can go get this house, this car, maybe this personal loan, a couple of credit cards, and all of this stuff because my student loans are still in forbearance, and we never take into account into a budget, uh, what about student loans? So the reason why we hate student loans is because we have so many other things that we're paying for. And then student loans is just another thing to add on to where, in fact, what we should have been doing is including student loans to student loans in our life from the very beginning when we knew that we were in school. The reason why we didn't do that is because no one told us that we should be doing that. Now, that doesn't mean someone else owns that responsibility. But when you're young or younger, and you don't know any better, that's just where we end up at. Mm -hmm. So now what can we do about that? The only thing that we can do about it is a few things. We have the conversations with the people that we owe, you know, our creditors that we owe or the lenders, whoever gave us the money to say, you know what, 
here's what I owe and I need to have a better understanding of the amount that I'm that I can pay at this very moment because student loans can be very expensive it can be a great percentage of your income but the number one step we have to take that we have to face is calling them to understand how do we do this because many times we don't make a move at all because we're just afraid to face the situation and once we do that we can say okay hey Maybe I have to reduce some of the other things that I'm doing in my life right now, Shamika, to be able to include my student loans. Because the bad thing about having student loans is that the longer you take to pay them, they keep growing and growing and growing. So you owe more money on them. So I think if we could just switch the conversation to just say, yes, it's student loans. Many people have balances that could be as much as a house, you know, of how much they owe in student loans and then work on including that in your budget. And if that's still not affordable to you, the other side of that is that we have to then do something to put ourselves ahead. Side hustle, extra jobs. But what we can't afford to do any longer is just act like it's not going to act like it's going to go away because it's not. Mm -hmm. I just want us to think of student loans as any other debt we have. Because student loans get a very bad rap, but think about the car, the credit cards that we have that we never question interest rates. Mm-hmm. We very rarely question interest rates. Some people on a mortgage or even car loans. But when it comes to student loans, we're like, I just can't do it. I refuse to pay them. So we have degrees, some of them that have afforded us to get the job that we have. And now with student loans, it's like, yep, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to face it. And that's just not the way for us to think. As bad as it is, we have to face it. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree there. Um, great answer. Thank you so much for that. So uh, the next question I had was about couples financing. So I think here uh, the question is, so, you know, two people who are about to get married and you have like your separate finances or your separate debt, um, you know, like student loans or, or what have you, uh, what's the best way to like bring it all together or do you bring it together? Yeah, I would say so as a couple, you definitely need to bring it all together uh, because in a marriage, you know, if you're in a marriage, what what debt you may carry, it doesn't mean that, you know, that now falls on your spouse. It definitely doesn't. But I think when it comes to a team, a team is meant to play together. Now, does that mean you don't have to have like your own separate, you know, checking account or savings account? I think that everyone should have those things, Shamika, only because I feel like those are things, things that we like to do separately may not be something that my spouse wants to do. So I feel like it's okay to have my own, uh, my own money and then have our money for bills, our savings for, you know, all of these different things. But I do think that when it comes to situations like debt, those are things that we should have that we should consider just knocking down together, mm-hmm. because if not, what eventually ends up happening is one person feels extremely stressed about their debt and they don't have any help with getting it you know, knocked down. And the per- other person is just like, hey, you know, I don't have those issues. So now you're playing separately as a couple and not as a team. So I think there are certain things that we should have together while still having our independence also. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. Now, what about someone who doesn't have a lot of money? Uh, they're looking at their finances. They have like a ton of debt, a small amount of money to really work with, but they are so ready to get out of this debt. So um, they want to take the proper steps to like eliminate the debt that they do have, but they just don't have the funds to 
I guess really work with someone or to get things started to even pay it down. So, and I think that's also a reason why people stay where they are because they keep, they continuously think that they don't have what it takes mm-hmm. to get out of debt. So, um, what would you say to someone in that predicament? Uh, so, I would say someone that feels like they don't have a money to really make a difference with their finances, uh, Shamika, is that I think it's important that we start with one thing at a time. And if that's that one thing at a time, Shamika, is just saving, you know, automating $20 per paycheck or $10 per paycheck to start saving money, then that's okay for you to start at that place. Because when you earn more money, it then makes it easier for you to then have that habit already into place. That's number one. The same thing when it comes to debt. If you're someone that you feel like you're overloaded in debt, but you don't make enough money for it to make a difference. Start with one debt that you can pay off. And here's why I say that, Shamika, is a lot of times where people say, you know, I don't make enough. I don't make enough to even make a difference. The only way that you can truly assess that is if you're someone, Shamika, that you say, the only thing that I do is I go to work, I come home, and then I go back home and I cook and I do that on repeat every single day. If you're doing anything outside of that, just, you know, leisurely things or things that you just like to do. You're not in the group of people that truly live paycheck to paycheck because I work with them, too. Mm-hmm. And those people really do live paycheck to paycheck. There's no extra for anything. So a true assessment of what you have is you're listing out everything that you pay every single month. And then you subtract that from how much you earn each month to see how much money you really have left. And if there's money left, then you have a, you have some money. It may be little money. But you have some money to make a difference somewhere. It just depends on what your somewhere is. Is it saving? Is it paying off debt? What does that look like for you? And then you start there. And then when it comes to resources, as I mentioned at the top of our call, there are plenty of resources that are free. Podcasts. I mean, look what you're doing. This is a way to learn. It's free learning. Um, Get a book. Go to the library if you can't afford to buy a book. The library has tons of personal finance books that will help you stay committed on their journey. And a lot of them give you step-by-step plays of what you can do. That's one thing I love about the finance industry now is that there's education and inspiration all over the place. So if you're starting small and you feel like you don't have enough to make a difference, evaluate what you really do have first. Then figure out if you have something left, how you choose to spend your money. It's either on leisurely activities or making things happen with your finances. That third step was resources, find free resources, go to the library in your hometown, check out a book, a book or a magazine. That is your starting point to be well educated on what you can do with what you have now. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So now uh, what I do want to know is because like you are running this amazing business, uh, working with client after client. Uh, we want to know, like, how are you, you know, balancing it all? And I know that's a that that word. That's kind of a cliche word. I mean, you know, nothing is ever really balanced. But like, how are you bringing it all together and making it work for you? Being a wife, a mom, uh, running this successful business. Like, how is it all working for Marsha? Um, I think how it, how it's working for me when you say balance, Jamaica, is that I prioritize what needs to be prioritized first. Mm-hmm. So if that means that. Our son needs us. He's in college right now. That's where I am. If there's something happening in our household and it's something I need to take care of with my husband and I, that's where I am. If one of my clients needs me, that's where I am. 
So I don't look at it as being um, a balanced life. I look at it as being a prioritized life. Wherever the need is, that's where it goes. And because I love it so much, Shamika, sure, it can be tiring. Of course it can. But that is how I truly balance my life to feel like I can have it all as a woman because I truly feel like this is the life that I signed up for and this is the life that I love. So it's not about balancing to say, you know what, in my calendar from 9 to 11, I'm going to do this from 12 to 1. I can't operate like that because it never it never works for me. But what I will say is that whatever my priority is in life at that time, that's where I will that's where I will need to be. And then and when whatever free time I have, that's when I'm relaxing, you know, and just enjoying life, whether that's vacation, a staycation, reading a book or whatever that looks like. Then that's where I find myself. Um, instead of looking at it as like this perfectly balanced life, because it's not, you know, things happen all the time. And I just work through whatever is on my priority list first. Yes, I love that. Perfect answer. Wow. <laughs> that was great because like I, it's always interesting when I ask people about balance um, more and more now. This is a response that I'm getting versus like some years before or like, you know, even like my maybe my first first or second uh, podcast, the the answer was different. But I think people are like coming to realize that there really is no balance. Like, you know, it just, it doesn't work that way. And and it frustrates you even more when you're trying to make it work that way. That's Um, right. Yeah. Because I I can find myself cooking sometimes and it could be seven o'clock at night and I may get a a text message from one of my clients. Like, what am I going to say? Oh, I've cuffed my phone. I'm not a big elbow at this time. That's not how finance works. You know, people crash, feel like they're crashing and burning at all different times. You know, I don't have the money for this. My, my son just got hurt. He had to go to the emergency room. You know, can you help me figure this out? So that's the part of this that I love is that it's not balance. It's just whatever is prioritized at the moment. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah. do you have um, like an affirmation or a mantra, something that you say to yourself on a daily basis? Um, nothing that I say to myself on a, da- on a daily basis. Uh, but one thing uh, that I say to myself is that who I ask myself, who am I accountable for on that given day? Like, what can I do to serve others? Mm-hmm. Showing up the best of me, even when I'm tired, giving people my full self, being present at that very moment. So if I'm trying to talk to speaker right now for this, but I'm also trying to check my emails while we're talking, I'm not fully present. Mm -hmm. So being present, giving people my very best every single day and understanding who I am accountable for every single day. Those are the things that I say to myself just to keep me planted, not necessarily a mantra, but just things to keep me grounded that I always like to check in with. Like, am I present at this very moment? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, how can people find you? Like, so I know there are going to be, you know, people who want to know more about Marsha and the Finance Bar. Let us know how people can find you. So the website, thefinancebar.com, Shamika, and then all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is also the Finance Bar. That's where they can find me. Thank you. Are you working on anything right now? Um, once that I could barely hear you, Shamika. Oh, okay. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to share with everybody? Yes. Well, my members club, the virtual members club for women, which is the lowest price product is $10 per month. Financial literacy or financial awareness month is next month, April. So it, the members club will be opening up for new members then. So that's the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is just getting things prepared uh, for our next, you know, next um, intake of new members. So if anyone is interested in joining, as you mentioned, to getting get, getting more resources at an affordable price, that will happen in April, at the beginning of April, 
for Financial Literacy Month. Awesome. Yeah, you can't beat that $10 a month. And I'm sure it's going to be like filled with information that's going to totally help people out. It so. is. It's, it's filled with information. We have many members now. It's filled with information. They're step-by-step processes that we do every single month. I bring in an expert every single month. And that's how we do it, Shamika. There's not, you know, just an overload to teach you about, you know, budgeting or saving. We go from budgeting, saving, mindset, investing, buying your first house, how to create streams of income to everything else. So it's a very wonderful resource for people that need something to help them stay accountable um, that they can appreciate and enjoy. So and then it's an online platform so you can do it um, no matter where you are. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marsha, for sharing your story with us. Uh, Definitely had some gems in there. I truly appreciate you.